Hello and welcome to a podcast most foul, an Artemis Fowl recap podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Anna. And what we're going to do is we are going to take a look through some of the books that shaped my childhood. They're some of my favorite books. We're going to reread them, just kind of analyze them and talk about them. And uh, so I grew up loving these books. Anna, how much experience do you have with them? The movie. And then this one kid in my sixth grade middle school class. I don't know what class he was in because we had like block schedule. His name was John. He had a lot of freckles and he loved these books. Like would go on and on and on and on about them. So I kind of knew what they were, but I've never read them. And so she's going to join me on this, uh, on this little adventure. And speaking of on and not really knowing what they're about. She has uh, prepared a bit for us. So, um, I like to say that I'm a supportive spouse because Jake and I don't have a lot of similar interests, but I try to know just a little bit of what it is he's currently interested in. So here's what I think or thought uh, Artemis Fowl was about before I started reading the book. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. Artemis is a really smart kid, like really smart. He goes to a magic gifted school because he's rich and super smart. All the kids go there to practice magic, kind of like Hogwarts, um, you know, but with science and robot technology, but different and definitely regulated by OSHA. He, like, doesn't have a mom. I think she might have run away from home because his dad was too weird and rich. Basically, he doesn't mention her um, or she's a fairy and his dad told him she ran away because it's easier. Artemis skips school because his dad goes missing, um, maybe kidnapped, because he has a lot of intergalactic gambling debt and the casino people want him to pay. He goes and looks for his dad by traveling through space and time with his friends or something. I'm not really sure. All right. <laughs> um, and so now that you've, we've read... Up to chapter two, how how accurate would you say that is? Um, well, he has a mom, so I'm wrong, and he doesn't go to school, but his dad's missing, so so hey, I, I have one part right, <laughs> and, and he's smart, so he's very smart. He's smart, so clever boy. I got two things right. All right, so <laughs> now that we've done that, we're gonna go ahead and jump into our recap. So. Um, this week we read the prologue and chapters one and two. Um, the prologue is just kind of a short little blurb introducing us to the story as if it's written by somebody in world, which we can get into who that might be later on. Um, but he says that whatever Artemis did, he's now famous. And, uh, what did you think of the, of the prologue? It, it, it kind of tells us that he's a he, smart kid who drives, like, doctors and psychologists. He just seems like a little jerk, basically. <laughs> kind of a little turd. Yeah, like, you know, Dennis the Menace, but smart. Like that kid who's just too smart for his own damn Yeah, day. yeah, that kid. <laughs> um, and that's really all there is to the prologue, not a whole lot. Also, he's a lot younger than I thought he was. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, a teenager, but no, he's 12. Yeah, he's he's 12, and you'll want to keep that in mind for the rest of the book. 
because he's freaking 12. <laughs> um, so chapter one starts, they are going into Ho Chi Minh City, um, which a lot of people will know as uh, Saigon. And uh, it's kind of the most populated city in Vietnam. They are going there to find something vital to the plan, which we don't know yet. Um, it kind of describes Artemis as a very pale young boy who hates the sun. And uh, that's part of why I could relate to him as a kid. <laughs> um, and Butler is a very large, strong, intimidating guy with like a bajillion weapons and all sorts of spots on him. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're waiting for a guy named Wynn who is going to uh, bring them info on some sort of thing called the book. And you're allowed to... I don't know what to say. Okay. <laughs> um, Wynn shows up pretending to be a waiter and Artemis just sees right through that. He's like, no, you're... He, he does some Sherlock shit where he's like, no, you're wearing this and this and this and just because you're wearing a dirty apron doesn't make you all waiter. Which, I mean, from working in the service industry in the past, those are the customers that make you just roll your eyes. Um, so <laughs> I'm already not impressed by Artemis. <laughs> he's kind of a turd. Um, but, but he's right. He's right. He's right. Um, so, Wynn says that he has info on a fairy person in disguise. Um, it's this old healer slash beggar who's always drunk. They uh, tell him to bring them to her. Um, he's like, then he, he kind of wants to back out. And Artemis is like, hmm, you have no choice. Butler has this weapon and this weapon and this weapon and this weapon. He doesn't need any of them to kill you. Which kind of reminded me of like, like when you're trying to talk smack to the playground bully and then you go and run behind your like older sibling and you're like, well, he can beat you up because he's three years older than you. Um, so that's kind of what that reminded me of. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, and so he leads them to like some alleyway, some fire escape that she's hiding behind. Um, and she's in kind of like a little tent thing. Artemis goes up to talk to her and she's like, first you must give me wine. And so he gives her a bottle of Irish whiskey, which, uh, she reaches out to grab it and she has a green arm. So he's like, yes, a fairy. I knew it. I was like, she could just be really sick. Yeah. But I really like, um, the words that they used, the author used to describe her, um, like from, Years of so many years of being alcoholic, uh, the alcohol had, had melted her skin like putty. Just like trying to think of like the stringiness of putty when you're trying to pull it apart, and just thinking of her like grabbing the bottle with her putty like flesh. Oh, yeah, just that... really, I'm like, ew, she's probably really gnarly looking. I've walked past this lady at the grocery store before. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she takes the whiskey and Artemis says that, uh, he wants her book, which is basically the fairy Bible. And, uh, she's like, all right, you took your whiskey and you'll never get my book. I could kill you with my magic. And she's like, yeah, except you're alcoholic. And apparently that drains your ability to use magic. And then he's like, but if you don't let us see the book, I poison the wine. 
<laughs> Which I think is really, really not cool. No. <laughs> That's not cool at all. That's a party foul for sure. <laughs> um, and then he, uh, yeah, he poisoned the whiskey with holy water. And he's like, if you let us see that, I'll give you the cure. And I'll also, as a bonus, heal you of your alcoholism. And so you can have your magic back. So he's not necessarily doing something nice, but more than he had to. <laughs> um, so they photograph all the pages and send them home. And uh, he gives her the cure and the deal that's going to fl- flush out all the alcohol out of her system and out of her body. And then it kind of ends with a funny quote. He's like, time to leave. A hundred years of alcohol leaving a body by any means possible is not a pretty sight. I was just like, oh, oh. Uh, so then I just like imagined her like projectile vomiting and like violent diarrhea out of like all ends. So like her little hut was just going to be covered. So she she just needs to burn the place down. She'll afterwards, yeah. Afterwards, she just needs to burn it down. <laughs> and and Artemis put it an amnesiac in the in the cure so she's not going to remember what happened for like the last week so she's just going to wake up covered in shit and piss and puke (laughs) so so yeah you know welcome to your late 20s guys (laughs) (laughs) who hasn't been there (laughs) just kidding uh oh yeah me me too oh Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, we get a little bit of Butler's backstory. Um, the Butlers are a family that serve, have always served the Fowl family. Um, they're taken to train by, when they're 10 years old. And uh, they're trained in all of the things that you need for a bodyguard. Uh, jiu-jitsu, weapons training, karate, black belt, um and also, obviously, how to be a master chef. Obviously, that's important. That part was pretty funny to me. Because <laughs> it was... Oh, what was the type of chef it was? It was um, the fancy title. A sous chef. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> These skills include cordon bleu cooking. Cordon bleu cooking. That doesn't even sound that fancy. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to oh. be very fancy. Oh, I'm just too poor. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's some it's some rich people shit. It's some prestigious cooking. It's prestigious culinary skills that I am just too unrefined to know <laughs> about. <laughs> Um, but my main question is, uh, okay, cool. They've been serving them for centuries, but why just because they're rich or, Oh, well, that just doesn't seem like a good payoff to have to deal with these awful people. They're rich as hell and it's tradition and you don't fucks with tradition. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so on to chapter two. Um, so we find out a little bit about their plan. Um, we find out that Artemis learned about fairies from conspiracy forums. That's what happens when you get in the wrong subreddit. <laughs> I was like, do you think that that means that he'd be like a, a 9-11 truther or a flat earther? Or a flat earther? Probably. <laughs> For sure. He probably thinks that birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. Birds are, you're right. They're not real. Birds serve the bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, there he learned about the book, um, which is written in a secret language called Gnomish. Um, and his goal is to gain knowledge from this 
and use it to steal gold from fairies. Which ties into my theory that his dad has gambling debts, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then, um, but before he can go to translate the book, he uh, goes to check on his mom. Because we find out that uh, ever since Artemis' dad disappeared a year ago, his mom has become very sick and is kind of losing her mind. Um, we meet Juliet on the way to go find his mom. And she's kind of like sitting dejected at the bottom of the stairs, looking really pissed. And we don't learn a lot about her, but we do learn that uh, she's a teenager a few years older than Artemis, and she loves wrestling. He said that uh, the last time he saw this expression on her face, she suplexed the pizza boy. <laughs> um, and she's Butler's little sister. Oh, yes. I don't know if we she, mentioned that. She's Butler's little sister. So, keeping the tradition alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he goes to check on his mom. And uh, when he first gets up there, she is like, oh, Artie, where have you been? He's like, oh, yay, this time she remembers me. And I'm like, fucking oof, dude. That's a lot to handle at 12. Just being like, yes, this time. This time she remembers me. Um, but she's like kind of freaking out because Juliet left the window cracked a little bit. And so there was sunlight getting in and it was just way too, way too damn bright. She couldn't sleep with all this, with all this light in here blinding her. Um, but when he goes into the room, she, she's like, where have you been? And he was like, I'm in a, I was at a school trip, mother, skiing in Austria. So he's not going to school. No, he's straight up lying to his mom about <laughs> going to school. Um, he even says, like, if my mom were to suddenly get better, then all my freedom would go away. <laughs> 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 and um, while he's talking to her, she's just kind of all over the place. And... She eventually um, forgets who he is and tells him to leave or else she'll call her husband, who's a very powerful man. And like, oh, she forgot that her husband is missing. Super awk. Yeah. Um, and so then Artemis is like, well, time for me to leave. And he goes to translate the book. He, uh, But um, it seems like she's haunted by, I don't know, some like ghostly bed bugs of some sort that are, like, crawling up her bed. Oh, yeah, she does talk about that. She mentions, like, these hallucinations almost that she's having. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. And then she, like, cocoons herself in the bed, which, I mean, same, I would, too. <laughs> um, but also, that's just so scary that not even your uh, bed is safe yeah. for you because of your mental state. She says one thing that was kind of chilling. Um, he's like, do you want me to Turn the lights on, Mother. And he, she's like, she's like, no, because then I would have to see them, too. And I'm like, oh, that's why she hates the light. It's because she thinks those things are crawling all over her and she doesn't want to see them. So, <clears throat> so he goes to translate the book. <laughs> and uh, he, he is, like, searching all sorts of, like, human languages to see if there's any sort of match. Because there's just, there's got to be something. And he eventually notices some similarities with the uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. But when he runs it through a translator, after kind of piecing some stuff together, it doesn't make sense. And then he realizes that they don't write from left to right, or right to left, or from up to down, like people do. They pick 
seemingly a random point in the page and just kind of spiral from there. Which I was like, that's kind of a neat, if not inconvenient way of doing it. Because <laughs> when I was reading it, I was wondering if they would like start at that point to read and then like spin the book in a circle to read it that faster. Pain, yeah. yeah, but I mean, probably not. Who knows? Um, we also find out that Artemis's dad um, was trying to. So their family has, for as long as it's been around, been criminal overlord kind of thing. Like, always involved in organized crime, never on the straight and narrow. Artemis's dad was like, oh, I'm going to turn that around. And uh, he tried to go legit, tried to open up like a trading route with the Soviet Union after it uh, was dissolved, I think. And uh, the Russian criminals didn't like that. So they shot a missile at his boat. And he's been missing ever since. Um, Artemis keeps like a 24-7 news cycle going on in his office, lab, whatever you call it, of a bunch of different like news channels and stuff, thinking that maybe someday, one day, maybe his dad will show up on the news. Like, there will be rescue of his dad. And he wants to um, get all this gold to help rebuild the fortune, uh, to rebuild the family fortune. Um and after he finally figures out that it needs to go in a spiral, he starts cutting it, cutting the pieces out and lining them up so the computer can translate it. And it works. So he calls Juliet and Butler in to help him um, solve the rest of it, solve the rest of the jigsaws, as he calls them. And he decides to actually turn the TVs off for the first time since his father disappeared because he needs to concentrate um, but just one thing that I just noticed, it's, it's a series of networked Apple Max world from various corners of the room. If he's so rich, why does he have Apple computers? There are far superior computers available. Yeah, but those are the most expensive kind. When you're rich, you just gotta flex, man. You just gotta flex. You just gotta flex. You just gotta flex with those, uh, interworked Apple Max. <laughs> <laughs> They may not be better, but they're more prestigious. Because because they have an apple. They got that swag. No. No? That that's awful. No swag. That's awful. Oh man. It's <laughs> <laughs> just terrible. Alright, and so um that is the end of chapter two. And now on I've got something to ask. Did you notice those weird symbols at the bottom of your pages? Yes. Did you wonder what was up with those? I had a feeling they were like what he was reading. Yeah, so it's a secret code that uh, after after we finish the book, I'll translate for you. And it's kind of a fun little game. Am I not allowed to just Google it? Well, that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't Google it. All right. So do you have any predictions for what's going to happen now? He's gonna go try to find whatever this treasure is with Butler, of course, because he can't go anywhere unattended without getting murdered because he's rude. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, he finds his dad. But then also, like, if it, he doesn't find his dad, the book is basically... Like, if he does find his dad, the book's over. So then I kind of hope he doesn't find his dad. Um, 
I don't know. I feel like he's going to make a lot of people mad along the way in these books. That is a fair assumption. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe me while I'm reading these books. (laughs) One thing that I do love about these books is that uh, Artemis is not the good guy. And that's already very apparent. He's kind of a... He's the protagonist, but he's kind of not cool. Yeah. And that's just a very interesting take on a main character. All right. So before we go, we've got another segment that we're wanting to do that we're going to call the uh, the weekly hell yeah. Oh, I thought we were going for all hell yeah. The weekly all hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the weekly all hell yeah is going to be a segment where uh, we just talk about something good, something that we've been really enjoying this week. Um, and so, Anna, do you want to go first? No. All right, well, I will go first. <laughs> so, um, last night, I actually just finished the second season of Gundam Build Fighters, uh, Gundam Build Fighters Try. It is a Gundam series where instead of, like, fighting a war and being about how war is bad, it's just about kids who like watching Gundam and build Gundam models and fight their and make their models fight each other. It's like just dumb fun. It's kind of a love letter to Gundam. So if you like Gundam, there's tons of background references in there. Ron Baral is their coach. It's the greatest thing ever. And it's just people building Gunpla and making them fight. And it's just fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so mine is that today I went to my first estate sale, which is really cool because I like to just look at people's stuff. Like when I meet a new friend, like, or make a new friend, we instantly go through each other's purses or bags just to get to know each other. And it's kind of like you get to do that in a way that is not invasive and is socially acceptable, but also like you get some really interesting pieces and it's like a garage sale, but it's inside and outside the house. And if you can pick it up, you can probably buy it. So it's really cool. So I just went to some, I got this beautiful ceramic turtle that I named Charlie and a ceramic garden stone that has a, that has a greyhound on it. So I named it Ceramit. Ceramit. <laughs> and that's my, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Podcast Most Foul. Uh, we have a Discord server. That the link to that will be in the description. And um, do you have anything else to add? Also, John moved away in sixth grade. So, hey, John, if you're listening, what's up? What's up, John? <laughs> and thank you for listening. And we're out. Bye. Hey, everyone. Future Jake here. Uh, sorry for the bad microphone. Uh, we forgot to do some of our plugs. Uh, our art was done by the amazing JWX art. You can find them on Twitter at JWX art. And our music was made by, uh, spring Ted. You can find them at the free music archive and find some more incredible music. Have a good one.